Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Today I want to talk to you about a, a series I'm going to begin today titled Shift. Everybody say shift. 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 Now I want you to say shift on purpose. We're going to shift on purpose. Have you noticed, in, and I'm sure you have, but in every one of your cases, in every one of you as individuals, some of you are impacted more than others in these areas. So this wonderful year of 2020 started off with a pandemic. And then we got into a financial crisis. And then race relations got set back to times of the 60s. Really, it's always been there. It's just now it's, it's bubbling up. How many would admit that it's just bubbling up now? It's always been there. And, and in all of these areas, you and I have been impacted. All of us have been impacted in that area. Now, my, my point here is not to talk about uh, one specific, but I want to talk to you about shifting, how shifting will cause us, the definition of this word is to move or cause to move from one place to another, especially over a small distance. 2020, for most of you, you'd probably just want to rewind and just start all over, or maybe just fast forward, better yet, and go on to 2021. How many with me on that one, right? Uh, Some of you here have lost jobs, been laid off, uh, possibly not been able to pay some bills, even though you may have gotten a stimulus check, which was... Helpful, but uh, it doesn't take care of all the needs. I know that. I understand that. But we've, we've been hit hard this year on different levels. Uh, I, I want to talk to you as well that this is not just a, a, uh, an attack that's going on with a virus. I believe these are demonic attacks against us as believers, against our country. I'm going to know that this is the greatest country in the world. We have privileges here in this country that you can go out and we've participated in, in marches and, and um, recently and we have that ability, that freedom to go out and do that. You also have that freedom to voice the opposite opinion. That's the beauty and wonderful nature of our country. Amen. There's not too many countries in this world like that, whether you like it or not. Not too many countries like this. In fact, Yesterday, I met here um, in town with a group of nine pastors. And how, how many know that American Canyon, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, we, according to the mayor, we have 38 languages spoken in American Canyon. 38. That's incredible. And so when I look around the room here, uh, it's sparse today, but we're represented with a lot of those languages here. And that's what I love about our church. We're very diverse. I love that. But we met with the, the mayor, we met with the police chief, the undersheriff of Napa or of American Canyon to discuss how the faith community can and policing can build a bridge, be a bridge. And they were very transparent, actually. They were very transparent, which was great to see. Uh, we got to meet Chief Oscar Ortiz and uh, undersheriff uh, John Crawford, and they were very transparent, as was the mayor. Because, you see, American Canyon, it's not perfect, but it's very fortunate that it does not have some of the issues that go on in some of the larger cities. How many would agree with me, those that live here? You've moved here for a reason. You've bought here for a reason. 
My family and I, we live in Vallejo. It's very different than American Canyon, which is very different than Napa. But my point is that, that the, the police officers, the, the mayor, they want to have a dialogue. They want to keep things on the table, so to speak. They want to make sure that, that uh, they're aware of what's going on. So I know that in, in my heart, I want to promise, uh, and, I, and I ask them if they could come here one of these days, possibly the chief, just to um, represent and to also let us know that he's not the enemy. He, he wants to be uh, seen in the community and his whole team as people that are here for the, the community. Amen? So I want him to be able to do that. And he was actually wanting to do that with all the churches. They want to try to promote that, work with the churches, work with the people. Because really, it starts with a dialogue. We have to have dialogue. If you don't have a dialogue or a conversation, you're never going to get anywhere. It, it will not improve. So I found that there was a lot of good in that. And, and here's what happens is that when we all begin to experience life pressures, I don't care if you're the chief of police, the mayor, you and I, Pastor Rick, or you and I here, when the pressures start to squeeze you, whatever's inside of you is going to come out. Whatever's inside of you is going to come out. And if you're sitting next to your spouse, you can elbow them and say, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. It's going to come out. And that stuff, whether good or bad, comes out. If I had a tube right here of toothpaste, if I squeeze that, you know what's going to come out. Under pressure, it's going to come out. Same thing with you and I. When we're under pressure, whatever's inside of us is going to come out. Maybe during these last few months, you've seen some sides of yourself, possibly, that you were surprised at, that maybe you, you didn't think were there, and, and you saw them coming out, and you, and you caught yourself. I believe the Holy Spirit gives us opportunities like that to catch ourselves, and, and as we learn to shift, possibly in our way we think, possibly the way we've been taught certain things, possibly the way we perceive certain things, we shift in our thinking. And I, I believe right now that especially during this pandemic, during this financial crisis, during the division that we've had in our country, it's caused many of us to shift our way of thinking. How many would agree with that? Raise your hand if you've, you've had a shift in your thinking over some of these issues here. Amen. From the hundreds and thousands of the, that have died in this country and in the world, one thing I've known and begin, begun to appreciate even more is that life is precious. Yes. Look at your neighbor, whoever you're sitting close to, and tell them, life is precious. Life is precious. I don't need to tell you the story. My, I lost my 20-year-old son who was in the Navy, and that was a time that, I was reminded that life is precious. Life is precious. One, hopefully you realize now, even if you've been laid off or maybe gotten your job back, that your source of income was not from your job. Your source of, of everything that you have is not from, from your business, but it's from Almighty God. Amen. Hopefully you've been able to realize that, Lord, all these things can be gone in a heartbeat. 
How many remember at the beginning of the year our, our stock market was doing good? If you're a business owner and you've got a 401k, things are looking good, and all of a sudden, boom, just like that. It, it took a hit, took a hit. And uh, that's when you really truly begin to realize, where is my source from? Who am I looking to as my source? Is it my business, my employer? Well, yeah, it's good to get a check. Can I get a name? It's good to get a check. But who is your source of income? Who is your source? It should be Almighty God. And here's what I want you to realize this, this afternoon. That God wants to shift your thinking today. He wants to begin to shift your thinking into realizing that it's not you or I that make it happen, but it's Him. It's Almighty God. See, I, I believe during this whole time, these three things I've mentioned, the pandemic, the financial crisis, the division, and, and, and what's been going on in our country, I believe God is just shaking and going, are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? Are you willing to come to the table and have a dialogue? Are you willing to, to change, to shift your thinking? Because the Lord's getting tired of it. Lord's getting tired of what we've been doing as a country, as a community. Amen? Amen. I want to read a verse found in Psalms chapter 56, verse 9. You, you don't need to stand, but Psalms chapter 56 and verse 9. I want to read, and it's, there it is out of the New Living Translation. Listen to these words here. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns, it shifts. And my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. Say that with me. God is on my side. It's one thing to say it as a believer. <clears throat> but check this out. There's many people out there in this world that are not believers. They, they cannot say that. They cannot say that God is with them. But as believers, we can truly say God is on my side. That's a wonderful thing to know that no matter what comes your way, whether it be financial, whether it be a pandemic or, or racial division, God is on my side. God is on the, end, the side of truth. Amen. So I want to speak to you today on that shifting on purpose, shifting on purpose. And the very first point I have is number one, we need to be serious about kingdom business. Everybody say kingdom business. Kingdom business. We need to be serious about kingdom business. And what I mean about that is the things of, of God. We need to start taking these things seriously. Many of us in the past possibly could have just been coming to church, occupying a seat, being part of our Zoom meetings during the week, a Bible study, or, or just going because it makes you feel good. Now I, I leave on a Sunday and, and I go about my business and, and I've met my, my quota for the week. I've, Lord, I've been in your presence. Now I'm good. The kingdom of God doesn't work that way. Can I get an amen? amen. Kingdom of God does not work that way. We need to become serious about kingdom business. And I'll tell you why. I believe we're in the last days. We're approaching the last days. I believe that... God gave us seasons. The Bible tells us that he gave us signs and seasons to look for. We are seeing things now that we've never seen before. 
as well as some things that are just being brought up again, brought up out of the, under, from under the surface that have always been there, but we're seeing things that we've never seen. We've faced multiple adversities, but it's time to get serious about kingdom business. Our perspective needs to change. We need to truly realize that this world that we live in is not our home. You know, we can get so comfortable here. We can have that nice house and the nice clothes and the nice car and, and nobody's bothering me and I'm good and you're good and, and, and you can get so comfortable in this world that you can forget and have the wrong perspective that this isn't your home. How many have ever been camping where you've got pitched a tent or just maybe a trailer, a motorhome, whatever? When you go places like that, you know that eventually you're going to come back to your house, to your home. Tent camping is not your home, hopefully. Tent camping, any type of camping, is not your permanent home. In much the same way, our spiritual home is not here. It's above in a kingdom of God, amen? And we need to have that proper perspective. The planet you're living on is not your home. And one of the wonderful things about this beautiful world that we live in is God created it for you and I to enjoy. He said, I want you to take care of this planet. I want you to take care of this world. My family and I got away this past week. We went where uh, it was pretty secluded. We We went away to Tahoe. They had just opened back up. But we got away to get up in the mountains and... um, how many know that that is one of the most beautiful places in the world when you can get up there? We went horseback riding. We did hiking. Got away from all the people and just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. It was wonderful to see the beautiful creation of God. Between that place and Yosemite, I, I'm literally in I love it up there in the mountains. I, I just love it. And, and the Word of God tells us that even as beautiful as that is, This isn't our home. This is not our home. Let me read another scripture. And I'm reading this particular version is the Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. They all lived their lives on earth as as those who belong to another realm. For clearly, those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater. That is the heavenly realm. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this question this afternoon. Even with everything going on all around us right now, with all the craziness, are you longing for something much better or are you content where you're at? Are you longing for a place where Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you? Are you longing for that? Are you truly longing for that or can you just sit here and and say, no, I'm good, I'm comfortable. No one's bothering me. I'm good, I, I got a good job. I like my car. I like my vehicles. My kids are out of the house. I'm all right. God forbid. We need to be desiring 
and desirous of a heavenly realm. Amen? See, the things you and I are seeing this year are significant reminders that this is not our home. This is not our home. I love it when I read in the Bible that, that there will be no crying in heaven. There will be no tears in heaven. There will be no pain, no suffering. I love when I read verses like that because it's so different from what you and I are seeing today in this world that we live in. We see pain. We, every one of you have known people that may have passed away this year, last year. We see pain. We see pain. We see people struggling emotionally in this day and age more than ever. We see people struggling on drugs and alcohol, different vices more than ever. All of us need to be yearning for that heavenly realm like never before. The world needs to see us believers acting differently. Amen. I've brought this up before in the past and I believe our church does a really good job of this. And I believe a a lot of churches do a great job of this. But we can't go out into this world that we live in and live just like the world. God has called us to live differently. Can I get an amen? He's called you and I to live a life of righteousness, of even holiness, the Bible says. Without holiness, the Bible says, you cannot see God. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm not, I'm not talking about a cookie-cutter Christian where y'all look alike, sound alike. No, no. You're all unique and distinct because God created you that way. But he also said, I want you to be called out, be separated from what's going on out there in this world. We need to be different than this world. The, the, the world needs to see you and I and say, I want what they have. I want what you have. Have they told you that? Have they ever asked you, what do you you have? Why is it that you have that attitude that you have? Why is it that you come to work with peace seemingly all the time? That's the distinction you and I need to have. We need to stand together in unity like never before. Like never before. I don't care what color, what, cre- what, what, what language, we need to stand together like never before. Amen? We need to stand up to hate, to racism, to division, anything that goes against the word of God. Because it is from the pit of hell. It's a demonic spirit. Amen? It's a demonic spirit. We need to stand against that like never before. Let me take you to another scripture found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. A very well-known scripture. But Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. This is the NIV version. But seek first his kingdom and righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. You know why the world has the problems they have? Because they're failing to obey the first two things here. They're not seeking first his kingdom And his righteousness. They're pursuing everything else. But those first two things. You see the world is in in trouble. Because they're not seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. The Bible is very clear. When you seek those first two things. All these other promises are now given to you. God's God's peace. the, the, The fruit of the spirit will be poured out upon you. 
the joy, the peace, the love, the, the kindness, the patience, and so forth. They'll all be passed out to you. Why? Because you're seeking his kingdom, his righteousness. There's so many promises in the word of God that are available to you and I as we first seek him, the kingdom of God first. Amen? Let me ask you these questions right now. And, and you don't need to, this is just something to challenge you with, something to make you, cause you to think about this. But let me ask you these questions to better identify which world you're living in right now. Number one, if my purpose conflicts with his purpose, which one do I most often choose? Just let that settle. Let me ask you, I got some more. Okay, we're going to go deeper. If his way of living conflicts with my way of living, which one do I most often choose? If his way of loving conflicts with my feelings or point of view, which one do I most often choose? If reaching those far from God conflicts with my comfort zone, which one do I most often choose? Let me remind each of you again, God is love and in him there is no hate. See, God will go to the end of the world to save that one. You know, as in the, as in the lost sheep. Go to the end of the world to save that one. <clears throat> are you and I willing to do the same? These questions are, are not meant to just poke at you, but just to, just to challenge your, your thinking. Maybe it's time to shift that thinking. Maybe it's time to shift on purpose. Because if, if there's never been a better time than now to do that. There really hasn't. Point number two, we need to be serious about church. We need to be serious about church. Now, let me, let me go back. For many weeks, all churches were shut down. There was nobody in the church building, in the church house. Now, did that stop the church? No, of course not. Why? Because you and I are the church. You and I, people are the church. We've had church in our home many, many times, and many of you have been there. We've had Bible studies at our church, in our home, and uh, many of you have been there. So it doesn't stop it. We don't need this building here. It just helps us to fellowship together and uh, get serious about church, right? But here's the thing. You and I are the church, not the building. Amen. You and I are the church, not the building. People's lives are in the balance right now. They really are in this time, in this day and age that we live in. You may not have impact, been impacted, as I mentioned earlier, but 127,000 people, according to the latest statistic I read on Friday, have died due to COVID-19 in the United States. Now, whether those numbers are inflated, there, there's a lot of different statistics out there, right? But 127,000 people have died. That's the bottom line. My question to you and to all of us is this. Do you care? Do you care if they even knew the Lord? If they had a relationship with the Lord? Because if, if not, we know what the Bible says. And, and my prayer is that, that you and I would be convicted by the Holy Spirit to, in these last days, to reach out to those around us. To say, hey, 
Can I tell you about what Jesus has done in my life? Can I tell you about how he forgave me of my sins when I was in my, in my late 20s, how he turned my life around? Can I tell you a story? That's what my prayer is for each of us, that we would be able to just share that with the people we run into in Walmart because you all know everybody at Walmart needs Jesus. Amen? Amen. 127,000 lives lost. Did they all know Christ is their Savior? How many? The church is the place where people are to receive the good news. You and I should be declarers of the good news. When people look at you and I, they should be able to say, oh, this person is going to give me some good news. Not just the gospel, but the Spirit of God resides in you. You should be able to declare to them, to speak to them. Amen? Amen. Here's the problem. The danger for you and I is if we're okay that 127,000 people have passed away and it doesn't tug at our heart or it doesn't bother our, our spirit. And, and the number is much greater in the world. I didn't even look that number up. I'm just talking about the United States, 127,000 people. Right now, I know one person uh, currently that has it is really struggling. She's in her 30s really struggling with COVID-19. And she just put a, on social media, she wasn't taking it seriously. And she was posting a video with her online right now of how serious she's looking at it now. Because she says, it's painful to breathe. This is a young, in-shape, 30-year-old woman in her 30s. So again, my, my point is here, are we reaching out to people? Do, do you need to shift on purpose and, and start reaching out to more people in your area of influence? Amen. Can I remind you this afternoon that your spiritual contribution can lead to someone's breakthrough, someone's spiritual breakthrough. If you want to be serious about church, let me ask you the following questions again to challenge you. If God's called to serve others, conflicts with my personal preference or time, which one do I most often choose? If God's call to pray conflicts with my comfort zone or time, which one do I most often choose? If the call to worship conflicts with my feelings or personal preferences, which one do I most often choose? If attending church conflicts with my personal plans, feelings, or time, which one do I most, most often choose? And if his way of giving conflicts with my way or wants, which one do I most often choose? See, my, my point isn't to, to beat you up with that. It's just, it's just to cause you to think. Do I need to change? Do I need to shift the way I'm thinking? Because here's the bottom line. Your contribution in those areas leads to someone else's breakthrough. Your contribution. What you do in your home as an individual impacts everybody else in that home, whether you realize it or not. You could be the only representative in your house right now serving the Lord. But did you know that you have an impact on your home? They see that. God's hedge of protection is around them because of you. Amen. I promise I won't take 
much longer here. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. But the third thing we need, and the final thing, in my opinion, is we need revival and renewal in our spirits. We need revival and renewal. You see, as I mentioned at the beginning, racism, division, greed, even the pandemic, I believe are products of sin. I believe that they're, they're demonic attacks against this country, against this world. I, I truly believe that they are demonic attacks. With racism, it's taught. We know it's taught, but it's a, it's a demonic spirit. It's a demonic spirit that will, that will totally turn your life around and ruin it. And as a church and as a people, we need revival in our churches, in our country, to break those spirits. Amen? Come on, somebody. I need to, I need to hear an amen. A, rev, a revived church is the only hope for this divided world. A revived church is the only hope. I can sit on Saturday mornings and have all the meetings I want with the police chief and the, and the mayor. That's not going to transform the world, bottom line. What's going to transform the world, though, is the Spirit of God reviving us as individuals. Amen? It's the Spirit of God getting a hold of us. But how many of us want to have that? done in their life. How many of us want a revival? Do you want a revival? Do you want God to just stir your hearts and change you and shift you? Amen. There's this scripture that you've heard and read and are familiar with. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. I believe we have that as well. This is the NIV version. Listen to this, these words. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If that scripture doesn't apply to you and I, to our country in this day and age, it never will. That scripture applies to us now. Every one of us need to pray that scripture. Every one of us. Pastor Rick prays it. I pray it with my family. I pray that scripture all the time for our church. God, forgive us. Forgive us where we don't even know that we were sinning, that we were doing wrong. Forgive us. Enlighten us. Open our eyes to see what's going on around us. Amen? That should be your prayer as well. Because it's when you truly humble yourself and seek, seek the Lord and humble Him, then... And turn from your wicked ways. Then you will hear from heaven. Amen. God wants to bless you. But he's not going to bless you. If you have unforgiven sin in your home. In your spirit. He can't. God cannot be where sin is. He needs to forgive the sin first. Wipe it out. And then he can entertain your presence. Amen. Lord heal our land. Lord heal our thinking. Lord, heal our, our ways, heal our homes. Lord, heal our relationships. Lord, heal our, our, our struggling relationship with our, with our siblings, with our parents, with our, with our children. Heal our families, Lord. Break the curses, Lord, that have held on to these situations for years, Father. In the name of Jesus, let that be prayer let that be a prayer from each of you for your families so that we can have revival, that our 
churches can become revived. I want to have, once we get back to somewhat normal, and everybody knows that normal is a setting on a dryer, I know, but once we get back to normal, um, I want to have all these seats filled again. I want to have them all filled again. I want to have people that, that truly want to make a difference in our community, in our world. I want you to be able to reach out to those around you and and be able to tell each other, hey, can I tell you a story about this man named Jesus? Can I tell you what he's done for me in my life? Can I tell you what he's done for me and my family? Can I tell you how he saved me from the pit of hell? Can I tell you this story about this man named Jesus? That should be each of us. And I'm praying that for each of you as I close at this time. Why don't you stand with me this, this afternoon? Oh God, help us, Lord, to shift our thinking. Help us, Lord, today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh God, we, we come before you, Lord, this, this afternoon. We humbly come before you. And, and Lord, each of these that are standing right now, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that they would sincerely also in their own way begin to ask you, Father, to forgive them as they humbly come before you. Forgive them, Lord. If, they, if they've been thinking wrong thoughts, if they've been acting and doing the things that are not pleasing to you, Father, I pray forgive them, Lord, as they come humbly before you. I pray forgive me, Lord, if, if my thinking hasn't been right, if what I've said hasn't been right. Lord, I pray forgive me, Lord. And Lord, as we do that, as we humbly come before you, I pray heal us, heal our spirits, Heal our soul, Lord. Heal our church. Heal our community. Heal our country. Heal our world, Lord. It has to start with you and I. It has to start here in the church house. We need to see God like never before. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, we love you. We need you, Father. Oh, God, lift your hands with me this this afternoon. Father God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, this afternoon. We rejoice that you are God, that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we thank you that you have shifted on purpose our thinking, that we can become more kingdom-minded, that we can begin to take the things of, of church more seriously. Lord, that we can expect revival that we can seek expectantly your presence in our daily life father we love you we rejoice in you today lord we thank you father for your word today we thank you lord for your presence for your spirit we pray lord your blessing upon each one now lord lord i pray that you bless and keep everyone here lord make your face shine upon each one lord may you be gracious to each one lord today and lord as you lift up your countenance upon Each one, give them peace, Father, today in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.